This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at PacificOffice.com. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. Touchdown, Tyler Murray. That defender is in multiple pieces. Oh, that was nasty right there, right? The latest news and notes from the insiders who cover the team. Drilled by Simmons. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Bring it on, bring it on. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. I ain't scared of nobody. Here's Paul Calvisi. You know, the first intro of the regular season here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation. You got to make it a good one, don't you think? It should be like a statement intro, sort of like the first play you're going to run in the first regular season game. So as I mull over the options, I'm saying to myself, all right, uh, Pauly Podcast, you know, don't throw out there some variation of, okay, we're playing for keeps now, because Darren Danny's not going to really know that, and she shouldn't really know, you know, that whole reference, that movie line reference, the whole Bill Murray thing from Caddyshack circa like 1980. I have not seen that. Yep. Sorry. There I've we heard go. of it. Yep. So there you go. Okay. She's Boom. heard of it. You guys know me it's so well. Kind of like George Washington. Yeah. She's heard of George Washington <laughs> and Caddyshack. It's, it's, see, decision-making, you got to read and react here when, when you're running a podcast, okay? It's the little bit that I contribute each week here on Cardinals Underground, so... I don't know, maybe I'll go with tis the season, the regular season, or I could just rehash what I busted out on Wolf about an hour ago, that there are two kinds of people in this world, those who are regular season ready and those who are not. And you know what? You have the next hour or so here on Cardinals Underground to prove you are regular season ready, Darren Urban. Well, I appreciate that. Pressure's on. Uh, were, you, were you worried? Is, is there a concern that I'm not? Yes. <laughs> he's got a notepad and he's got a pen. He's so, taking notes after I say yeah, yes. I'm he, on his list. <laughs> he looks regular You're season ready. On my list. <laughs> he looks the part. He's in uniform. Uh, the, hey, we're, at least we're all together strap. this week. That's a plus, right? That's true. We're, that is. We're a, moving in the right direction. That is right. By the way, is there anything I need to know on that front? Are you guys are good to go here? Do I have any? Good to should go. I, should I keep my distance? Should I get some more separation? Should this be like somebody going over Hollywood Brown and giving like 12 yards of separation? Should I should I give a little more of a cushion around you guys at this point? See, I did I do that to you? When, when you were <laughs> right. in a similar position? I don't that's think right. so. That's right. At least not in front. No, at least not on the air. You not know. on the air. Yeah, that's I right. would never bring that up on the that's air right. about you, Paul. Yeah. So, uh, you know the regular season is here because Danny just finished with a uh, an interview with Drew Stanton as the Cardinals have added Drew Stanton to the roster, the broadcast roster. Yeah, I was going to say. Our broadcast team. Not freak people out. There are only two quarterbacks <laughs> on the roster, and Colt McCoy didn't practice the other day. So, And he's less than two years removed from the game, so it is possible to – I mean, it's always clo- good to keep a quarterback close and handy. And, Danny, you know, boom, every week you're going to do something with Drew Stanton. And so, you know, maybe just maybe, you know, uh, he, there he is on speed dial and or in the building if needed. Cardinals Underground breaking news every week. <laughs> No, we're doing a a new series, which I'm really excited about, called Cardstock. And basically, every week, Drew and I are going to do a deep dive into a trend or a matchup, something that's going to have a big factor on the game. And we're just going to analyze it, compare how the Cardinals fare up against their opponent that week. So I'm not going to get that correct. It is video, yes. Um, So you'll be able to check that out on our website, social channels um, later on in the week. I'm not going to give it away, but Cardinals are hosting the Chiefs. So take a wild guess with. 
former quarterback as my co-host on this new segment, Cardstock, to uh, think mm. about what we may or may not have touched on in mm. the very first episode. Well, in Tennessee, I may or may not have dropped the, uh, the stat nugget about Patrick Mahomes in his career in regular season week one. 4-0 all-time with 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, and a passer rating in his debut week in his career of 134. And uh, that actually raised an eyebrow. Drew Drew thinks he's heard and seen it all. But when we busted out that little holy cannoli stat, he did take note of that because very, very impressive. So when we say, okay, you're either regular season ready or you're not, you have two quarterbacks who have proven track records of being regular season ready in week one. We know Mahomes. I just gave you those numbers. How about Kyler the last two years at San Francisco with a big win against the then-defending NFC champions and then an even bigger win at Tennessee last year where they went in and just jack-stomped. The Titans turned them into a slow-cooked Tennessee barbecue, you know, pulled and smoked and, uh, I mean, slow-roasted. And so what's intriguing here, here, though, Darren, the difference between, to me, the opener last year at Tennessee and this year is that the Titans rested all their big guns in August. Tannehill didn't play. Derrick Henry didn't play. A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Of course, the Cardinals have put the who into Julio by the end of that game. None of those guys played, okay? The Chiefs have played a lot. They're big names. They're stars. There was one preseason game where Patrick Mahomes led a pair of 12-play touchdown drives. So that's, Definitely a different thought process. Yeah, that's what's intriguing about this matchup is, okay, both teams have their formulas, and both of them have been wildly successful in recent memory. You know, we, we're not going to know. I mean, let's face it, we're, we're not going to know. What, I mean, even if the Cardinals lose this game, does that necessarily mean that playing in the preseason would have changed anything? I mean, we've we got to see how it plays out. I'm not, I'm not sure that that would prove anything, and, and that's, that's the hard part of it. In, in fact, if you reverse engineer this to a certain extent – I mean, part of the storylines going into this game is a couple of guys that are, you know, supposedly going to be game time decisions because of injuries. And, you know, we're talking about people that weren't playing. And now you're you're still talking about injuries. I mean, the whole point was to get out of this injury free. And it's just it's just it's really difficult to do in this league. Who, who are the game time decisions? It's it's Marcus Golden. As of this recording, and Zach Ertz, those are yeah, and and pro, and the way Cliff Kingsbury left it when we last talked to him, JJ Watt. Wow. Rondale, okay. Rondale is good to go. Rondale, he wouldn't. I don't think he quite said good to go, but he didn't. He didn't say game time decision, but he didn't say good to go. I mean, again, what well, I think is going to happen is most of these guys are going to be available, and he's playing a little bit of now that injury reports are going to start coming out yeah. getting back to he's he's regular season ready with answering uh, yeah, those questions about injuries <laughs> well, these, all these guys are going to be on the injury report the question is is what does it mean come sunday yeah we'll, we'll get some clarification like rondell moore is an undisclosed injury we don't know exactly yeah what's, he wouldn't say but he but we did see rondell moore pregame in tennessee running we, we saw him working out to some degree i don't know what you want me to tell so you, I, you know rodney hudson we haven't seen a lot of Rodney Hudson the entirety of camp. What does that nope. mean against Chris Jones? Now, Chris Jones is one of the few Chiefs who did not play in the preseason. What he got done in camp, I have no idea, but that's obviously a huge matchup. I mean, honestly, if you want to – here's the biggest fear. Last year – thanks for asking. Here's my Scorpions? biggest fear. Uh, you know, something on the field. Hopefully, oh, sorry, my bad. You know, and hopefully there's pest control out there. We don't have to worry about that. 
if you pick up where you left off at the end of last season, meaning your quarterback is rattled, you can't tell me that Kyler Murray playing the worst NFL game of his career wasn't due in fact number 99 was bum rushing through the A and B gaps and he just didn't have confidence in the Cardinals ability to stop Aaron Donald so now all of a sudden if Chris Jones is that guy because every team on defense has that guy who has the potential to wreck your game plan and if Chris Jones is lined up over the nose or in the A and B gaps and you have Sean Harlow and you don't have Rodney Hudson and that's, that's, that to me is the biggest fear, worst case scenario. Not to start off on a negative. All right. But well, if you don't have a solid interior O line, uh oh. See, I, to me, those are two different things that you just presented. You presented that if there's carryover, which I don't believe in, or if Chris Jones blows up the offense, which has, to me, nothing to do with last year. It has to do with whether Chris Jones blows up the offense. No, I, I guess what, I'm not saying anything from the game directly ties yeah. over. I'm saying what happened to Kyler in that game, yeah. to me, in my opinion, was he got rattled because he didn't trust the protection. Yeah. That could happen in this game. Okay. Minus a Rodney Hudson against Chris Jones. I, I, I That's su- what I'm saying. I, I suppose that's true, but I, it's, it's pure coincidence that that's what happened in the last game of the year, and we could be talking about it this year, is my point. There were many games he didn't have Ronnie Hudson last year, and he didn't look as rattled as he did in the Rams. I think it was a lot a lot of factors going into that game, and I, I agree with Darren. I really I don't think that that's playing in his head at all at this point. And he even touched on that like in his press conference, you know, so when he was talking about, you know, maybe the loss, that type of loss on that stage was good for them from a learning standpoint. But I don't see that as Kyler Murray holding on to that and, and using this as like a game to kind of prove that that's not him. I feel like if anything, and I don't know how much of this has to do with the fact that he got that contract extension, I feel like at training camp, not just on the field, but the way that he was carrying himself around his teammates that we saw around the media, I feel like if anything, we've seen a more confident, more comfortable Kyler Murray than in the past. So I don't, I don't see that at all as an option of him being in his head of this is my first game since that playoff game in LA against the Rams. I don't see that at all. I mean, I'll, I'll say that I don't, I don't know if I think he's any more confident right now than he always has been because he's always been super confident. I mean, to me. Um, I think he goes into every game confident. Now, does do things change a little bit if things get sideways? Yeah, I mean, did things get sideways in that in the playoff game? Absolutely. Um, but I, I just, I to me, this is all so week to week, game to game kind of feel to me. Like I don't know if if it all necessarily goes downhill as a as a combination kind of thing. I think he goes into every game to me. He goes in every game with the same kind of thought process and yeah, things can get sideways during a game. And I'll be curious. I mean, it's to, to me, it's not as much. I mean, I don't, I don't want to see Chris Jones being an Aaron Donald type record in the middle of the offense, but, or in the, in the middle of their defense. But at the same time, I'm probably more concerned at this point that you're you get yourself into a point where you're having to match so many so much scoring from the Chiefs that that becomes an issue, and that's less about Chris Jones being a game wrecker and more about like you, I the the Cardinals need to be able to run the ball a little bit. They need to be able to hold the ball a little bit, and if you get in some kind of track meet with the Chiefs, now, yeah. and this is a lot different. 
But Paul, you're going to remember this. I mean, the first year, uh, no, it wasn't. It was 2018 when the when the Cardinals last played the Chiefs. I mean, that was a terrible garbage year for the Cardinals. They were a bad team, and Patrick Mahomes didn't blow them out. I nope. mean, it's it true. was a ten point game. It was pretty close. I mean, it's just. And the most dynamic guy on the field in that game is not in this game, Tyreek Hill. Oh, I thought you were saying Josh Rosen. <laughs> Tyreek Hill. In fact, you know, it's never too early, either in a season or a podcast, for a hot take, not a hot take. You ready, Danny? I'm always ready, Paul. It's like, and we were worried he was regular season ready with his hot takes. Tyreek Hill missing from the Chiefs offense will be akin to D-Hop missing from the Cardinals offense the end of last year. You know, I don't think that's such a hot take, Paul. Right? I, I think mean, you finally got one where I don't completely disagree <laughs> with you. Patrick Mahomes is going to be struggling to find the identity of the offense. He's going to be struggling to read some of these coverage that he's used to having dictated by the presence of a Tyreek Hill who automatically commands, if not double coverage, some bracket coverage and help by the safety over the top. And all of a sudden, that's not going to be there. Wait a minute. What am I looking at? exactly here with my receiver and oh by the way Marquez Valdez Valdez Scanling and Juju Smith-Schuster easy they, for you to say they both I gotta man I gotta get that regular season ready that did not that did not come off well those guys missed the last two weeks of their training camp in the preseason so he hasn't had a ton of reps with those guys and you got a rookie in Sky Moore who's supposed to be an integral part of your receiving core McCall Hardman McCall so you know what if you're gonna play Kansas City this year I think the Cardinals got a break in the NFC West that they're playing in week one. Absolutely. Right? Because if it's going to take Mahomes some time to figure out the chemistry and the timing and learn his receivers, I'd rather get a shot at KC in week one. Tyreek Hill was his, you know, security, right? Like a safety blanket to a certain extent. And so you're right now it is much, it feels at least from my perspective, much more of that committee feel with your wide receivers um, so it will be interesting to see how that offense adjusts and how they look in week one. Um, but I think you're right as, you know, when you look at the schedule, when it first comes out early in the off season, it's, oh my gosh, you, you know, you got to open up against the Chiefs, but you're right. I think maybe this is a blessing in disguise of getting to play them week one. I, I It's funny you say, I mean, first of all, they still have Travis Kelsey, which the Isaiah Simmons, Travis Kelsey thing is going to be interesting. And, you know, he's he's the real security blanket. I think Tyreek Hill was a lot of the um, – he was the threat to the other side. And and so we, we measure this now. So we measure, like Danny was saying, like this committee kind of feel to the wide receivers against, I, I guess we're going to say cornerback by committee kind of feel to the what the – the Cardinals are trying to do it's it's a it's a fascinating week one thing because we don't really know exactly how this is going to play out who, who exactly is available for Vance Joseph Byron Murphy Marco Wilson and uh, we don't know Jace Whitaker because Trayvon Mullen who missed the beginning of Raiders training camp coming off last season's foot slash toe injury uh, apparently that's still an issue because he, at least as of Monday, Tuesday of this game week, wasn't an automatic Trayvon Mullen. I'm not saying he's not expected to play. We just didn't know exactly, perhaps. And and Javelin Guidry, you know, we can't One mention. One of the best names in the, in yeah, the league. We, the there, there really is no ceiling to how many times we can mention Javelin Guidry in this podcast, just based on the name alone. I, you know, and I think Drew Stanton made this point on the Red Sea Report. I heard a little bit of it where he said, okay, so if it's going to be imperative 
to change things up against Patrick Mahomes, really disguise coverages, snap into different things, post-snap, pre-snap, show him a bunch of different looks. Can you really throw two new corners out there and get away with that? Is the communication going to be sound enough to make those kind of instantaneous checks and not risk a mental error or missed assignment? So I think that's a valid point. Do you see more of a Buda Baker and or a Jalen Thompson playing in the slot with Isaiah Simmons, to your point, on Travis Kelsey, and then you have the other two corners? Are you basically going with the guys who definitely know the system and you're not risking an ME of any sort? That would be my prediction, but, I mean, I guess we're going to see out there. Um, you know, not having Antonio Hamilton and for four games is it's a blow. And it's interesting to hear Cliff Kingsbury say this week that, you know, they're still planning on bringing people in. And, and, he, and he mentioned something over the next few weeks, which keeps going back in my head to saying, OK, what happens after week one and what who might they bring in where they're not necessarily guaranteeing the contracts and they can test out a couple veterans and see who's worth keeping and who's not. So it'll be a, that'll be fascinating. But again, you got to get through this first one and, and it's not a simple task. I think it is more likely that you put, you know, a Jalen Thompson or Buda Baker, in the, Buda Baker in the slot and keep Byron outside because, to me, I, I don't know how it's – maybe this is just me. I don't think it's a question at all about whether or not someone else is playing besides Marco Wilson. I've been saying this last couple weeks training camp. I don't think it's necessarily so much that Marco Wilson hasn't been playing well. I think Antonio Hamilton had a really good yeah. camp. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, they were expecting more heading into year two for Marco Wilson, but I don't – I don't see how it would be anyone other than him and Byron Murphy out there no, to and, me. And they'll, they'll be the top two guys just because of the circumstances you're in right now. And then the question becomes, okay, who's your third person in the short term? But, you know, who who knows how this goes? I mean, with Mullen working on the side, even if he's available, how much do you want to put him out there? You know, it's just there's a lot of questions. And Because if he is ready to go, he's played against Patrick Mahomes multiple times. He has. And I, and I, I will say this. For somebody who's usually playing this kind of stuff so close to the vest, like Cliff does, he's been pretty open about being pretty concerned about his cornerback situation. Which tells me that he's very, very concerned because if he was just normally concerned, he would kind of string us along. And that combined with Marco Wilson is maybe the evolution of the head coach in year four with a contract extension, a little more willing to talk through the press perhaps. To express an Let, opinion. Let's, let's not get over our skis the media. here, Paul. A little bit? A little bit. He didn't want to tell us what happened to Rondale Moore, even though like a couple days later we're all going to see it on the injury report. So, I'm just saying send a message to particular parties. Maybe. Now, the message to you as the media entity is uh, no Stay soup for you. Get off my lawn. Right. You're on a need-to-know basis. That's the message for you. Yeah, that's true. But the message for Marco Wilson is your middle name is the jury is still out. And then maybe the message to the front office is help. Here's an SOS signal. We need more corners. So I, that's all. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to translate at, media to English. At least Marco Wilson was not called a failure in progress, which is still <laughs> maybe the most amazing public. Whoa. You said that about Paul? <laughs> oh, see, that was well wow. done. There we go. Danny is absolutely in regular season form. Wow. Luck, luckily, I had the chin strap buckled up for that one. <laughs> I just got ear hold there. That's, uh, that was tough. That was tough. The failure in progress was... It was B.A. saying it about Justin Bethel. Somebody, that's it. Somebody said, is that's he still it. a work in progress? And that's he, it. He said, he's a failure in progress. Oh my we all looked gosh. at each other. How and could like, he show your face again? Oof. Wow. That was, <laughs> that was, uh, okay. that was uh, yeah. an eye opener. Well, um, 
So, look, as far as <laughs> look, as long as we're talking about Cliff. Justin Bethel signed with the Dolphins. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I saw he got cut. I didn't see he signed yeah, with anyone. Signed with the okay. Dolphins. Um, so apparently his value on special teams wasn't such that the Patriots kept him around just for special teams only. But um, look, you got you got Cliff we talked <laughs> about, and you got Patrick Mahomes. Now, are we going to get any really good, juicy, behind-the-scenes stories about his former college quarterback? I mean, doesn't everyone want to know? Like, we, we, we can talk all about the ancillary, cursory, surface-level stuff, but, man, we, we want some, like, some juicy stories from back in the day at Texas Tech, or we really haven't gotten much of that yet. So the question is, I mean, how, how, how deep are you going to try and drill into this in the, the Monday or the Wednesday and Friday press sessions there, Darren? Well, I mean, I have tried to reach out and do a couple things. Uh, unfortunately, haven't heard back from some people I was hoping to hear back from. Um, Patrick Mahomes will talk this week, and I, I'm curious to kind of see how this – plays out. I mean, I don't think there's any question that Cliff and Patrick are really tight, which if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I would too. He was the best player I ever coached in college and arguably the best player he's ever coached as we see what he's done in, in the NFL as well. So the, the the question becomes like how how much are they each itching to knock the other one off? I mean, obviously you want to win anyways, but this would be a little this would be a, a significant feather in Cliff's cap if they can beat the Chiefs. I mean, Kansas City has been to four straight AFC championship games, and they've won six straight AFC West titles. I I did not realize the AFC West dominance was to that degree. And if you're wondering how good Patrick Mahomes has been, I I rifled this off the NFL Network. They threw up a stat since he became a full-time starter for the first time his first season, 2018. He has the most wins in the NFL as a starting quarterback, 49. He has the most passing yards, nearly 19,000. And he has the most passing touchdowns at a buck 51. So that's saying something. In a league with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and even some of these new guys like Justin Herbert who have put up ridiculous numbers in their first two years. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is – a different beast. He is, you know, there we're seeing a lot more quarterbacks that have that unique skill set, but he was obviously kind of at least for me like in recent years one of those, you know, first ones to kind of really lead the way for quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, those those kinds of dynamic quarterbacks. I'm pretty sure too if I'm remembering the stat correctly in the 9 years I think the Chiefs have uh, one whenever they've opened their season on the road. I haven't seen that I think one it's, yet. I, I think, I think that's – I, mm. I think – or maybe it's not the years, but I'm pretty sure under Andy Reid, their head coach. Andy Reid, who – they Whenever they have opened their season on the road, they have won. This team tried to tried to get before yep. the Chiefs hired them. Yep, they did. And it ended up being Bruce Arians, which wasn't a bad hire at all. You know, it's it's it, it's it's an interesting thing with – Mahomes and you know he's a guy who I mean people people were talking about how he played poorly last year (laughs) and then if you look at his stats in a vacuum it's like what are you talking about now his his numbers weren't quite as gaudy as they had been in the years previous and there were other couple quarterbacks that were amazing last year Um, and the Chiefs lost a couple games early that they don't didn't normally lose but Patrick Mahomes was really good last year, and people thought he was bad compared to Patrick Mahomes, which is frightening. When you're Patrick Mahomes and you're Kansas City, you're getting everyone's best shot. Yeah. You're getting everyone's best defensive game plan, which brings us to Vance Joseph, right? What do you do if you're Vance Joseph? What do you do about getting to Patrick Mahomes? 
Because obviously the difference with Patrick Mahomes is when it comes to some of those other luminaries we've cited, he's closer to to Kyler Murray when it comes to scramble ability and escapability, extending a play. It's no joke. Trying to keep him in the pocket, you can say it, but it's another thing to actually achieve it. And then who exactly the Cardinals doing it with? Once again, getting back, getting back to the 44 question, as, as Cliff Kingsbury said, it'd be great to get junk going. He's talking about Marcus Golden. With Patrick Mahomes, I, I feel like your best bet is to really just put the pressure on him, not necessarily you know, expecting to get a lot of sacks or anything like that because of the way he scrambles and extends plays and creates something out of nothing, especially talking about you know, if there's not a lot of chemistry going on with these receivers, if Isaiah Simmons is locked in on Travis Kelsey and you can get some pressure and, and maybe try and force Mahomes to throw the ball before he's ready, before, you know, his receivers are ready, I would hope that would, you know, think that might be your best <laughs> bet. It's it's kind of like I think about like when the Cardinals played the Colts last year on Christmas with Jonathan Taylor was mm. you know you're not going to stop him but how do you at least slow him down and I feel like that's kind of the same idea with Patrick Mahomes is realistically you know that he's gonna he's gonna make some big throws on you he's gonna have big plays how do you do your best to just minimize those well and you know to Paul's point about you know not knowing if you're gonna have Marcus Golden out there and who else you're gonna have rushing the passer I mean Dennis Gardick looks good but is he going to be out there a ton are you going to rely on the really young guys what's Victor DiMicheggi going to give you are you going to do some things with uh, you know do some things with uh, Isaiah Simmons or Zayvon Collins uh, the the golden thing is just a fascinating fascinating thing as we record this he still hasn't practiced since August 1st um you know he's been it's been mentioned he's got a toe injury you know you don't know where he stands with his contract and it's just uh i i think everybody's going to feel better once he's actually practicing and playing in games so we'll see you know how, how creative can vance joseph really get and what exactly is his personnel um, which brings us back to the old adage the best defense against kansas city is your offense yeah ball control Go out there, try and dominate the ball for 35, 36, 37 minutes. So for all this discussion about Kyler against Mahomes, maybe it comes down to James Conner and what the offensive line calls the pound game, trying to establish the run, trying to control the clock. If you go back to the win against Tennessee, Cardinals had 140 yards rushing week one a year ago. It was a very balanced offense. Yeah, Kyler had his passing yards over 400, and he had four passing touchdowns. He also had a rushing touchdown in that win against Tennessee. So you wonder exactly what the philosophy might be by Cliff Kingsbury, the play caller, and what exactly they try to achieve. You also wonder what Daryl Williams has told the coaches, the former chief who admitted to the media that, yes, Vance Joseph has come up to him, tapped him on the shoulder, and said, hey, you got a minute? You know, the proverbial when your boss says, hey, you got a moment? And then you're not exactly sure what happens next. Well, we know what happened with Daryl Williams. They were downloading him for some info. Jeff Rogers as well, the special teams uh, coordinator. So we'll see if that's a factor, not a factor. I would think, and this is just me, I'm not putting words into Daryl Williams' mouth. There was a funny question in his press conference posed as basically like, is it like seeing an ex-girlfriend where you don't want to see him, but you want him to do well? And he laughed, you know, talking about Patrick Mahomes. But I was kind of thinking like, I would imagine if you're Daryl Williams and if there is that extra desire to have that revenge game and to get this win against the team, is there any other quarterback you'd rather be playing with than Kyler Murray for a chance to go up against Mahomes? That's a great point. You're right. 
You're right. If you're going to pick your personal protector to go in a fight against your former team, yeah, I'll take Kyler. Right? Yeah. The comparison? <laughs> Especially if uh, you're getting the ball out of the backfield. There's no question he's going to be ultra motivated. Now, what sort of role he has? What sort of role any running back has not named James Conner? Yeah. It's all the fantasy players have been asking me that for two weeks, and I'm like, <laughs> "Get off ha- the mailbag!" You're going to have to watch week one because I don't think anybody really knows. I mean, we've talked about this, and I have my suspicions, and I know you guys do too. And you know, I I think Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams are both going to get certain looks, but you know exactly how that breaks down and how many touches, and especially when it comes to fantasy football, I just think it's really, really difficult to know right now. And, hey, Jonathan Ward in that Ravens game preseason looked really good. I mean, you talk about regular season ready before he suffered the shoulder injury, and presuming he's going to play, he left a really good final impression on the head coach with a 48-yard kickoff return where he got loose. He had a 26-yard catch and run where he looked fast. He made guys miss in the open field. Speaking of missing in the open field, my biggest fear, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury. Wait, once wait, wait, wait. How once many again, biggest fears do you have? I have another one. I'm adding this to the list over here. I'm making my list. Since it's tis the season, the regular season, I'm making my list and checking it twice. Got a lot of fears. You and need some therapy there. Paul. Somehow I'm going with a holiday theme here in early September. I don't know why. Well, maybe the Labor Day. But anyway, <laughs> open field tackling. Mm. Open field tackling in week one, sometimes even week two. If there's something that's keeping me up as a head coach, and I'm talking all 32 of them. It's open field tackling because one <laughs> busted tackle and a big play touchdown, and that could spell doom in week one. Are you with me on that? I understand where you're coming from, and it is frequently an issue, and it's something we've been talking about. I mean, I feel like that's been a, co- uh, a topic for the 15, last 15, 20 years in the NFL because nobody tackles in practice anymore, and uh, they they barely did the very very beginning when I was covering this league, but mostly they never do. So you, it is. It's very much a in game. You you got to have to get used to it that way. And there are going to be some missed tackles. There always are. And who that plays to the best, we'll see what happens. But you're right. All it takes is one. I will say this, it makes you feel a lot better that the Cardinals have probably the best tackling pair of safeties in the league in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, two very sound tacklers in the open field. I mean, I know it definitely makes me feel better about that. Byron Murphy will hit you. He'll tackle. Marco Wilson might have been up and down last year in some of his coverage as a rookie, but, man, he'll come up. He doesn't hesitate to put his beak on you, as Wolf likes to say, you know, you can mess with the bird and get the beak. Marco Wilson will, will come up. Well, and, that was and that so. was what they wanted to do with their defensive backs when Vance got in here and was was ultimately upgrade the the toughness quotient when it comes to the tackling. And I think they've been able to do that with the people they bring in, they brought in. Where is Kansas City, this is an honest question, with their run game? What, what I mean, does anybody really expect them to have a balanced offense? To what degree – do you think they have a balanced offense? Who's done their homework? What did Drew Stan say, Danny, about the Kansas City offense when it came to running the ball, or was everything just on Mahomes? It was all on Mahomes for Kansas City. Dang. Are they are they still doing the, the committee in the backfield as well with Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Who else is back there for them? I feel like they just drafted somebody, which is one of the reasons they got rid of Darrell Williams. I, 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 I'd have to look it up right now. I mean, that look, Andy Reid – Andy Reid in Kansas City has done a lot of by committee running, anyways, and I, I don't. I, I still think they're going to be a pass first team, but that was always Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Even when he had Shady McCoy, it was that was one of the issues that a lot of people had with Andy Reid was he would 
lean more towards the pass even when the run was was working and if you've got Patrick Mahomes I'm absolutely leaning on the pass the question comes back to what we were talking about before is if they're able to run the ball a little bit do they stick with it a little bit more and or you know does this receiving core change their philosophy early but I think Patrick Mahomes is going to want to throw the ball and he's really good at it so I mean if he's your best player I would think you'd want him throwing the ball and if they elect to hand it off, then all the better. I'm sure Vance Joseph will yeah. take that if they're going to you know, hand it off. Uh, question is, who's going to be in that front seven exactly? You know, J.J. Watt is still a question mark. Okay, Zach Allen is healthy. Knock on wood. Everyone's expecting him to have a big year, an approved year, a contract year. We already talked about the outside linebacker spots. It's going to be a rotation. It's just whether it includes 44 Marcus Golden or not. Now inside linebacker because uh, – I'm guessing Nick Vigil is going to be on the field for the for quite a few snaps, and we know Isaiah Simmons is calling the defense. Okay. But even though Isaiah Simmons uh, looked yours truly in the eye and answered the question about his role and said, I'll be playing inside linebacker, once again, nobody's buying that. Not at all. He's going to be center field safety. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be against the tight end. He's going to be an inside linebacker. He'll be off the edge. He'll be mugging the A-gaps and coming on a blitz. We'll see him anywhere and everywhere. So what do you think, and you know where I'm going with this, where does that leave Zayvon Collins in the mix in terms of his role in this week one game plan? You've got to play him, Paul. I, th- I think we're at that point. I-, I-, I don't think you have another option with the decisions that have been made and to have him as your inside linebacker and not having him call the play so he can focus on just doing his job and reacting a little faster this year. Now, when you get later in the season – if it's a situation like last year where you really feel like you have better options out there on the field, that's something different. Starting week one, I'm not sure you have any other option other than to play him because of the decisions that have been made to make him your linebacker. Here's the question, and now I'm just, you know, throwing a, a bomb into the mix, but, like, the less – the as Zayvon Collins' playing time dwindled last year, the Cardinals – played worse okay. correlated like I, i'm probably not but i'm just saying when he got a little bit of playing time early they were playing fine and when when they basically took him out of the lineup that's when everything started now there was other things that w- were involved jj watt wasn't playing by then either and they started having robert alford end up getting hurt and all that stuff but i'm just saying well the game he got hurt that knocked him out for a while was green bay was the green bay game where he went down with a shoulder injury yeah and so, and that was their first loss of the year. So, okay. Saban right. Collins. Interesting. He's the key. He's going to play. I mean, it's funny, Paul. You, you bring him up a lot. Do you, do you honestly sit here and think there's a chance he's not going to play? Yes. Okay. If, if the coaches don't trust him. But, but at what point? I mean, he has to play, play the him? first couple weeks. Do you think they won't put him out there right away? I, I hesitate to use the must word. That's just me. I, I think that's a little strong. I don't see any. I don't see his play dictating the word "must play" based on his performance. I just don't. And if and if they can't trust him, and if he's a liability against someone like Mahomes, I just keep going back to 2020 in the opener, a game in which the Cardinals won against the 49ers. What did Shanahan do right out of the gate? Oh, there's the rookie Isaiah Simmons within a with no preseason games whatsoever under his belt, getting his first real snaps in the NFL. Let's see if the rookie is regular season ready. And he wasn't. He was a step slow in coverage. Was it Mostert or Jeff Wilson? Mostert. Mostert and boom, gone, 70, 80-yard touchdown, whatever it was. Okay. So, and, and, and 
If you go back, Isaiah Simmons' role was never the same the rest of the season. You got to be, and Vance Joseph to me appears to be someone who he better trust those inside linebackers. Otherwise, Jordan Hicks wouldn't have received the most defensive snaps of any player on the Cardinals' defense a year ago. I think that's of paramount importance to Vance Joseph. That's just me looking at this particular defensive coordinator. Look, there's a reason they brought in Nick Vigil, but I think the fact that you did let Jordan Hicks walk and the fact that this was your, what, 2021, your first you know, first round pick, you can say your rookie season, the adjustments – right of of getting comfortable in the league and making things slow down but I do think with the decisions that have been made in the front office it's been clear look this is your linebacker now to a certain extent find a way to use him again if it's a liability or it's a certain game or a package whatever that might be of course you're not just going to keep him out on the field just to keep him out on the field but I think at this point, especially starting the season, when you don't have that to say, look how look he he hasn't been playing well is your reason to not play him. I don't think you have any excuse to not play him because this is who the coaching staff is. You know, th- this is your linebacker, pretty I, much. I I tend to agree with Danny. I think if Isaiah Simmons was still an inside linebacker, it'd be different. But he's not, and I th- I think they are they have all come together in a certain way that I think. Zayvon Collins is going to be out there now. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and he's going to he's going to start all 17 games or play all the time in 17 games. But I absolutely believe he's going to get a chance to play early. Well, and, and I'll say this: here's what else is on my radar. As you guys make a pretty convincing case, is what about Zayvon Collins at outside linebacker? What about Zayvon picking up where he left off last year, where he had to play down the stretch last year because of injury concerns? Let's just say Marcus Golden isn't dressing for Week One. Well, then what? Are you really going to trust one of your third-round rookies to be active on game day? And my Jay Sanders and Cameron Thomas, maybe Zayman Collins, because if memory serves in the press conference going into Labor Day weekend when asked about the pass rush, Cliff Kingsbury started naming names on the edge, and he included Isaiah and Zayman Collins in that formula. I mean, maybe. I think that's also why you have Devon Kennard on your practice squad. If, if you're not yeah, going to dress Marcus. Thing. That's the other thing is you could pull up Devon Kennard really easily and all of a sudden he's he's available I I just don't I don't see a scenario and it's not always about football and you know that Paul you've been around this long enough and I don't see a scenario where this team is playing all the time on defense and their last two first round picks who they drafted to be inside linebackers. Neither one of them are playing inside linebacker. That would be, that would be an interesting turn of events, and I just don't know if that's happening now. Well, and and I will say that when we asked Cliff about Zayvon Collins after the Titans game, and I have the quote here, he said, and I quote, "It'll be a work in progress, just going into his second year, but he's gotten better and better. The read and react is by far where I've seen the biggest improvement." That was the head coach after the final preseason game on the road that's what he said on the radio side and those comments didn't get a lot of run so that's why I'm reading and he said he went on he elaborated last year I thought it was wait and let it come to you and now he's seen things he's just triggering and he's going to tackle the ball we know he's got the physical traits to be a special player in this league and he's just got to continue to get the reps and put in the work end quote Kingsbury on saving Collins so yeah I mean we'll see I, I guess my point is if he's not at it doesn't have to be 
inside linebacker. I, I think if yeah. he's on the field, it checks that box. No, I, I would agree. But but again, if he's outside, then I mean, your inside linebackers, Nick Vigil and Tanner Vallejo. I mean, I don't. Once again, to me, it it sounds when you say it, you you raise an eyebrow. But then when you think about it, and how much Vance Joseph trusts those two guys, I it's it's plausible, it's feasible. I I I understand it, and trust me, I understand the trust thing with coaches because I've been around it long enough, and and you can just see it, and I I get that part of it. But it was kind of like Jordan Hicks. I mean, Jordan Hicks, nobody. You, there was no player in the world you would trust more than Jordan Hicks. But Jordan Hicks had a certain amount of shortcomings athletically that it didn't matter if you try. I mean, if I go out on the basketball court right now, I know exactly where I'm supposed to be at all times. But there is no effing way that I will ever get to any of those places because my body won't let me. And that's part of it, too. It doesn't matter if you know everything if your body doesn't you know, doesn't let you execute it. You know, if only the refs would throw an over-the-back, you know, blow the whistle for over-the-back on, on Darren. You know, all these young guys are, you know, just skying over him and pulling these rebounds. Even though he's boxing them out and he has good position under the hoop, these guys are going over his back and pulling a rebound. It's not cool. Well, look, uh, we'll see. We we, we don't know. I, I, but to your point about Jordan Hicks, did he have liabilities and shortcomings? Yes, but – it sort of makes my point. He got the most defensive snaps of anybody on the team. Yeah. So, and once again, I got to remember to ask Vance Joseph my question about: Okay, we know who's calling the defense, but who's making the checks? Who's getting everyone in? You're going to do that Thursday. Thursday. Okay. So, uh, boom. Uh, I, got, I actually have it written down in my calendar. So, uh, but first up, we do have a uh, head coach's TV show to uh, film here in the coming moments. So, oh. any final parting words from uh, anyone here? Any keys to the game we have missed in this? Anything that needs uh, further inspection or to be cited? I'm just glad we're finally here. I'm tired of the speculation about when, how much Zayvon Collins is going to play and where he's going to play and who's going to be the outside uh, rusher and who the number two running back is. I've, I've grown quite tired of all that. Just thought I'd mention so it. So this time next week, we'll be talking in facts. We'll be talking as to what actually happened. Yes. And, and, and there'll actually be some analysis instead of a forecast. Instead of, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the hot takes to come once the season gets rolling. They're only going to get hotter. Well, it becomes more difficult, though, because there's actual, you know, real factual data mm-hmm. and actual happenings, whereas right now I can just speculate wantonly, and there's really, you know, nothing. That- Andy Isabel is going to get five catches this weekend, and Paul's going to be like, yes, I am breaking it back out. Well, sort of, but see, once again, I have him as the second most improved player on the team. You know, Wolf has him as the most. I still have Victor Demukeji as the most That's improved player one. on the team. So, you know, i got to get the head coach to settle that. Who, who exactly is the most improved player on the team and or ready for a breakout season? Add that to your calendar yep. on things to ask. Yep. He'll say, Paul, I'll let you know that when uh, I have to. I'm going to add it to the questions that I want to ask that I never will ask on camera because Wolf will never stop asking questions. So uh, there's just as many questions I hey. don't ask as I do ask by the time the show's done. And that'll do it for this edition of Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.